get mad. I, I often do when it comes to this subject, the one of Major League Baseball not having a salary cap. Instead, instead, on this occasion, after multiple developments yesterday related to the Shohei Otani contract, I am here to celebrate. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. It turns out, per multiple reports last night, that Otani's 10-year $700 million contract, of which I have no doubt he is eminently deserving, was done on the premise of unbelievable deferments. Stuff that would make Bobby Bonilla's deal look normal. $680 million out of the total of $700 million, meaning everything except for 20 is being deferred until a decade down the road. Why? Well, it doesn't say anything in the labor agreement that would prevent it, apparently. We'll see. I'm sure the lawyers will be getting after that. It's not as if Otani will suffer in the waiting because he's pulling in more than $50 million a year in other income anyway. He won't even notice it, incredibly. And for the Dodgers, they get to pay Otani $2 million a year and, oh, by the way, bilk Major League Baseball's competitive balance tax by paying on $46 million instead of the full $70 million. Oh, and you know what else? Wink, wink. Otani's California taxes don't amount to a hill of beans. So he's ripping off the taxpayers of Los Angeles and California and who knows how ever much further it goes because, you know, he might reach the point where let's say he's done playing. He just leaves California or, you know, or goes back to Japan. And, and yet... I'm not worked up about this stuff, okay? There's going to be plenty enough people who are. I'm still, I am still stuck on the hard fact, the undeniable, now verifiable fact that only two or three teams could have been in on this player, even if they'd wanted to, even if they'd wanted from the bottom of their hearts to be there. They've been laid out. We now know who all of them are. We know who has the money. We know who has the capability because what we also know is that there isn't a team anywhere that wouldn't want this particular player. In a normal league, conducted in a normal way where things are fair economically, everyone would be in on this player, including the Angels, including the Pirates, for crying out loud. They really would, because they'd be forced in a salary cap system to spend within a range. And if you follow the systems that are in place in the NFL, the NHL, and all the other leagues, the range between the top and the bottom is right around $20 million, give or take. 
That's it. Sometimes I hear people say, well, even if you put in a floor for Bob Nutting, he'd never spend above. It wouldn't matter. A $20 million range when you're talking about this kind of money is virtually nothing. Because you'd probably be looking at something where the top would be, I don't know, 180 and the bottom would be 160. Okay, he can be a complete miser about it and the Pirates payroll would be at 160.1, but the other teams wouldn't be spending appreciably more than anybody else. And and that conversation would blissfully vanish from existence. The whole payroll thing, just like it doesn't exist in any other sport. No matter how much you love your NFL team or your NHL team, whether it's the Steelers or the Penguins, you couldn't tell me right now what your team's payroll level is. Only in baseball. Everyone knows it in baseball. It shouldn't even be part of it. It's a game. Let them play the game. Let them play it on a level playing surface. And if one team still goes on to form some kind of dynasty or wins a bunch of Super Bowls or Stanley Cups in a row, great. They earned it. They did it through smart management, through smart moves, through smart instruction. Yippee for them. Go ahead and win six in a row. Be the Patriots. Be where the Penguins were a few years ago. Go ahead. Go nuts. No one's going to complain about it because at least you did it within a fair system. But nutting is cheap. Everyone's come back. Yeah, he's cheap. So you want to stop him from being cheap? Force him into a system that has a ceiling and a floor and expanded revenue sharing so that the Pirates can be at 160 or whatever the minimum would be comfortably. Great. Wonderful. This is your dream. The main reason you know that you would want the salary cap system, and that is probably at this point the way to word it because everyone hears salary cap and they just think about the ceiling. There's a ceiling and a floor and expanded revenue sharing in all such systems. The main reason you'd want it, if you're a Pittsburgher, is to get the Pirates spending up. If they were spending at 160, they'd be at more than double where their payroll's projected to be for 2024. Wow, the union will never go along with it. What union ever went along with it? Did the NFL's union just sit back and say, sure, impose a salary cap? Or was there a bloodletting? I know the answer to that. Did the NHL just go along with it? They were perceived as having the toughest union in sports with all these mobsters running it and and over our dead bodies will there ever be a cap. And they almost lost two full seasons. They lost one Stanley Cup championship. They got their cap because the union at the end of the day doesn't really have a say in this unless the players think to themselves, you know what, this is worth killing the remainder of my career over. And no one ever does that because these careers are limited as it is. There are milestones to be achieved for the greatest of the players. And everybody tries to work toward a resolution, understanding that the owners hold the keys. Baseball's union isn't special. It has a reputation of that. That's what they want you to believe. And they've certainly had a lot of help from the complicit national media in building that myth. But it isn't true. It's just a union, just like any other union. The agents, even Scott Boris, are just agents like any other agents. They don't have some special superpowers.
Nothing, nothing, nothing about baseball is special in this regard. This collective bargaining agreement expires in 2027. I have heard stuff that leads me to believe that that will be a momentous time for this sport. And I've never been more confident of that than I am after this Otani stuff. So I'm celebrating. Does it sound like I'm celebrating? No, no. All right, when we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door. Your car. Your bike. Your computer. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Jeff, who says, DK, I know this will never happen, but if Bob Nutting would lead the charge to institute a cap system, would he not make the biggest role reversal in public persona in Pittsburgh's history? Well, no, Jeff, no. I don't believe that for a second. But to begin, the part that you might not believe is that Nutting already has made moves to this effect. Uh, Nutting talks to his fellow owners on a regular basis. Now, I'm going to hit the pause button here because I know that any time I bring up anything about Nutting that doesn't make him sound like bleeping Montgomery Burns on The Simpsons, half of everybody, maybe more than that, like 80% of everybody probably just tunes me out because he's been built up as this cartoon villain And he's not really that. There's a lot of things he's not good at being a sports owner, but he's not, you know, evil or whatever. And every time he speaks, thunder goes off in the background. These conversations have happened. Now, I'm not privy to what's in those conversations. And if I was entrusted with such information, I'm certain that I would not be able to share it. However, however, He talks to his fellow owners on a regular basis, not just the small revenue ones, all of them, including the ones who have the most money and spend the most money. There isn't some faction of uh, low revenue owners who are banding together to stick it to. That's just not how these things work. That's not how it happened in the NFL. That's not how it happened in the NHL. You got to get everybody on board. And I mean everybody. Yes, it only takes a three quarters vote to ratify. But in order to stick through a long, hard lockout, which is what's required, 
you do need everybody and you need them banded together in a way that makes them uncomfortable. The NHL's lockout that resulted in a salary cap, the owners agreed, believe it or not, to put in a $1 million fine for any owner who spoke up counter to the cause. And believe it or not, Gary Bettman, the NHL's commissioner, had to dole this out once. He had to impose a million-dollar fine on the owner of the Los Angeles Kings. That's when you've really got it together. And that's when you say, hey, after five, six months or a lost season, you say, hey, we've made it this far. We might as well get what we came here for. And then you hang around even longer. And then in every single case, you get what you want. You just do. That's the way these things operate. Any labor person will tell you, will acknowledge that the owners of the company, whatever company that happens to be in whatever business, set the work rules. Now, the workers don't have to agree to the work rules, but they're set by the owners, by the company. We saw a glimpse of that pre-COVID. Remember that? And everybody was telling me, you're nuts. They're never going to band together on anything. Well, they did, and they did for a while. And if it wasn't for COVID, if it wasn't for the horrendous appearance that would have been given off by both the owners and the players to not be playing coming out of COVID because they're worried about their own little concerns while we lose 100,000 plus Americans, that's, that's not okay. So they cobbled something together. They got back on the field and they signed a deal through 2027. 2027 isn't that far away. Things are already in motion. And I have heard the term salary cap more in the past four or five months than I'd heard it from baseball people in a lifetime. Remember on this show when I used to tell you, why can't anybody even speak it? Why can't they even bring it up? How many times have you heard it as a baseball fan over the last 48 to 72 hours? See what I mean? That's a big part of it because if it never even comes up in the national media are still afraid to use it, by the way, except in some derisive tone, If it never comes up, it's never going to get addressed. And now it's up all over creation. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 